Okay, hi, so we're back. It's Jenna, the Minimalist Doula, and I'm here again with Natalie Meddings, author of How to Have a Baby and My Home Birth Matters. Hi, Natalie. Hello. And um, we, we were recently together at an antenatal appointment and with one of our lovely mums, and we were talking a lot to her, being a second-time mum, about some of the kind of things that we see happen with second-time mums. Um, so we thought this was quite an important conversation to have because just like we've spoken before about patterns in birth, there's also, we think, we see patterns in second-time mums, just like you can see patterns with first-time mums. And um, first-time mums get quite a lot of information and attention <laughs> and it's quite nice to do something for second-time mums. So that's what we're going to be talking about today and our experiences and how we kind of came across thinking that there were some differences here. So Natalie, do you want to kick us off with how you started noticing? Yeah, although I might flip it back because I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted, yeah, just to add to what you said that yeah, maybe we can sort of show people what we're thinking by literally traveling through our own journey. So as a rookie doula, Mm -hmm. I suppose I was still years and years ago approaching I didn't know any different I just sort of thought of labour as I suppose if a bit of a second birth did go quickly it was it, it still is often accredited to luck or oh people go oh that was quick you know or or if it's uh you're just really efficient in various ways or anyway all the differences that happen it was just seems to be a bit treated as random mm -hmm. and um I think you'll probably agree with me that when you've been a doula you for some time well it's probably about the third year that you really start to kind of second or third year you just you, you of course there's the idea of quickness but it's not just that it's to do with how it builds and how it unfolds and I had been with this mother for a first time and um it would have been quite a tricky birth with a back-to-back -back labor which is probably the very typical uh, issue for some second time mums because they sort of go oh birth birth hard and it's long mm -hmm. and so you you sort of enter the second one with this very natural anticipation that it's going to repeat to a point mm -hmm. and so I went round there when things began and I was still I mean I was very inexperienced and she was lying in bed and her husband had gone in a different space and I laid with her and contractions were really not a bother you know so they were just completely just sort of rising and falling in that sort of way where her tummy and her, she would sigh, but it was very relaxed, like a float through, yeah? Middle of the night, and I was drifting off and we had the lights off. And um, it was probably late evening, actually, late, late, you know, 11 o'clock or something. I would have been naively and ignorantly thinking, oh, well, you know, she hasn't got that vigour that a first-time mum has where it, she can't be anywhere near having a baby because she's like oh can I and she'd lean in and get her glass of water and she would sort of put gently sigh sigh breathe whereas what I suppose I was imagining if she was close to having a baby it would be and it would be very sort of quite sweaty and quite rock and roll and the whole physical visceral urge that we see in first-time mums that is some hours before you I mean that's I, I mean I was quite inexperienced and and so I was just lying with her and then she went oh like that and I sort of went like that and she went there's something there like that and I I just didn't I don't know what I thought anyway she's still fully clutched she had pajama bottoms and knickers I think she'd had a pad and I said oh I want to go to the toilet and then she got to the toilet and there was a baby in there no it was like her head was coming and I had it was really awful because of course I mean she was fine but the baby came Okay, so you learn your lesson because, you know, it's all very well when a baby arrives and everybody's relaxed about it. But I, you know, she was relaxed about it. But there was, you know, the, I talked to a midwife about it afterwards. Nobody was angry. I mean, what's nature? It happens, right? But I do think it is true what the midwife said is that I, of course, was looking after her. And I suppose my inexperience, would it have mattered either way? She wasn't frightened. It's the second time. She's super, super healthy. Baby's super healthy. So please don't think I'm saying by this, Oh, we got it wrong. The birth went wrong. You know, I don't mean that. Ba babies arrive sometimes very quickly the way it is. 
I'm just meaning for the purposes of us understanding that journey. How can somebody go from being nearly as normal as we are now to pushing without you hardly noticing? So that was my lesson because I remember this midwife saying, she didn't say, oh, second birth's are quick. She didn't say that. She was just trying to indicate many things. And I learned a lot of that midwife, you know, about confidence and the efficiency of the body second time and that you can't read it and you, know, you need to learn learn you know and i suppose thereafter it became you know definitely something i'd consider and reluctant to support a woman too far away from where i live second time things like that you know you have to think about timing and that isn't because and i want to emphasize that second birth is always quick it's not about quick mm. it it's that it's how it builds in a quite unobtrusive way and then what I call, or I think I've told you this before, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. There comes what we call the doozy. You know, it's the, the boofy one. And from that moment, you've got, you've pretty much, depending on the situation and the environment, I think if she'd been in hospital funny enough, from that bigger, the, the first bigger feeling, she probably could have still been a couple of hours. I think that the reason she gave way to it is she was very confident and she was in her own bedroom and she was totally safe. And I suppose it was, she did have a doula. And, you know, we do create safety and maybe that was a part of her that just released. But it's very much this, if you do it with your hands, you know, it's like, unlike um, a second time mum, it's sort of like this and then you go up a notch and it's like this and it's like that. It's just much more kind of very low and then it just go, it goes like that right to there. It could be a, a day, couldn't it? And then it just goes like that sort of effectively. And then, and then once you're in labour, you know, you know my take on that. Once you go into labour, mm -hmm. there is decision and concision. Is what I would say. It's like it's a set piece. You know. So maybe you. What have you, do you remember? Who you were? Well, I was thinking about just try, like flashes of my second time mums through my head. But actually, the first one I ever did as a doula was my own <laughs> because I trained as a doula. You know, between my first and my second. So when I had my second. I was obviously a doula and and I was I was so lucky to have the birth I had second time after a difficult first one but because we're talking about the mechanics and how it moves it differently I think it's quite interesting to talk about because obviously I was in it <laughs> I really felt it within me and it was so different to what I expected in that I was so normal for so much of it I was just, I remember talking to you about this afterwards and half an hour before she came, I went up to the deli to get a sandwich. You know, we went for a walk. I was having contractions. I've been having them for hours, but I was not afraid, remotely afraid. I was planned home birth. I was fine. I, I had my doula. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah, and we went to the deli. I was like, I'm hungry. So we went for a walk in the sunshine, went to the deli. When you say about the doozy, I had a whopper outside the shoe shop because I didn't want to go into the deli. And I was like, wow, that was, yeah, I was like, that was a big one. But ambled back, <laughs> didn't worry too much about it, got on my ball, had my tuna melt. And I was like, this is all fine, but really clear. You know, I was really clear because I think I was so undisturbed, like, my, my son had gone off in the morning to my mum's. It was just me. My husband was next door because I was fine. I, he was like watching telly. I was like, I'm, I'm okay. And I was very clear and I was just having them, but they were fine. And then I'd had that doozy and then we got back. I had my sandwich. I put on, I did put on my hypnobirthing track actually. It was for the first time. And I dozed off for five minutes, I reckon, like a few minutes. And then I just woke up with an almighty rush. Like I can't, it, and, it, and it, in my head, it's like the Matrix. I like flew off the bed, but I didn't. I could not, right? But it felt like this gigantic force just went whoosh through my body. And I just stood up because I couldn't do anything else. And I was like, what was that? And I must have roared, but I don't remember because wow. it was so from somewhere else. Went to the toilet, sat down. I don't think I did a wee. And then I just roared again. And my husband came to the door and he was like, are you okay? 
I was like, and they're still talking like this. I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I think. That was weird. Did I make that noise? Because it was so from somewhere else. And then I felt her head coming. <laughs> it was just like, oh. <laughs> and I just instinctively, because obviously we were alone. We hadn't alerted anyone because I was fine. And then I, it's so funny what you do. in it's so different in a completely undisturbed birth because I just rushed to, the, to my bedroom and got on all fours instinctively. And then that's how she was born. Um, and people that, no, no, it's fine. But I just think people are so worried often, aren't they? When they hear about, oh, it could be quick. It could be this. You could be on your own. That people really fear that. And I can't tell you how safe it felt. Yeah. And it's that it was so fine and so safe and so certain like I knew my baby was coming. There was nothing more certain than my baby was coming. And I don't know, it was just really, it was really a good feeling, but it did, like you say, it just kind of did this. And then it went just mm. out of no, and it felt like it was out of nowhere. It just suddenly released. Can you see in relation to what you just said in the woman I was with? Yeah. It, it, can you see it's tempting for us, particularly the standard maternity care model? which is how I was, what I was being questioned about is how didn't you know, or yeah. why coming earlier. But the thing is, is the problem is with second time is it, it's not, it's not a question of, Oh, we let it go and go. And then suddenly it happened. It's because you literally aren't in labor. I mean, you're not in labor. And what it is, is that, so if you were to go in early, you wouldn't be in labor. And then very likely it would self-fulfill as many, many hours because the body still is going to go. Well, where the hell am I? You know, because I'm still in, in a conscious mindset, in an unfamiliar place with strange faces, you wouldn't relax into it. So it's not a question that you've, of, 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 of that I've missed the moment and I've been ignoring it when I was with that woman or that you missed a moment mm-hmm. and that somehow did you not know it was building. We can talk about the biology in a second, but it's, it's precisely how second births unfold that is, you could say it's the bonus ball or it's, you know, probably viewed by some maternity caregivers, maybe see it as the problem, especially when maybe when doulas are involved, because in a way, the mother can, is she misjudging it? I don't think it's misjudgment. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not misjudgment because you like, you've been hanging in there. It's just because the, the body becomes incredibly efficient at the release. It beca- basically second birth is a release button, effectively. Yes, and I was just thinking that in my head. Because I've seen it with my mums as well. It's so much clearer in a second time mum. It's like a switch. It's like, like you say, a release button has been pressed. And I was just thinking about a couple of my other births, a few of the second time mums. And often as a doula, you get there and you're thinking, oh, okay, it's quite early on. You know, sometimes. Within a few minutes with a second time mum, often they maybe have waited for you you know, to let go or something. And it's so obvious. It just clicks and they've gone, they're off. And they're... they're... And I can remember, I can remember shutting my front door on my first child and my mum. And from the moment I went, I remember pushing the door Mm. and agreement in my body happened. Mm. I love doing the doula detective work on it because it's so interesting. The biology is fascinating. You get to understand birth really beautifully through second birth in a way and you know in a way I always tell first time mums give birth like a second time I mean you can if you want to get in that mindset because it is possible it really is possible because what is let's look at what's happening to a second time mum so what's happening is she's people the, the standard clinical or medical take on it is oh well try and test the pelvis the most boring nuts and bolts reduction ever right because it's like yeah 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 okay you could argue that that pelvis is that is a horrible phrase it's called try a tested it's basically trial of labor we now know that baby can come through that and it does it and it does it easier the, the second than the first sort of logic right but how do you then explain i have had the most unbelievably similar to what we've just discussed birth with people who've never labored and that's first cesareans i've had the same experience with women who've had incredibly complicated and are now traumatized um from a first birth have the same 
Mm. So how are they? They didn't have an easy birth, so that didn't pass through their pelvis easily. So how do you explain that? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. It's the most. It's, it's, and, and of course, the sad story to that is that then so many second time mums in this country, particularly where the cesarean rate is so high, where the induction rate is so high, where complications are so you know, interventions are very, very high in number is that they then go through their pregnancy. I think, you know, with a lot of, um, you know, antis- uh, apprehension and stage fright and, Oh, here we go again. And it's such a shame because if you could sort of spread the confidence, we could do, you know, it, it, there's so much to be excited about. Um, and let's, so I think it's important, worth us investigating why so should yeah. every second, every second time mum should be very confident even if she's had a complicated first experience or even she's never labored. Right. Um, and she should be very confident because of a few things that are really about evolutionary biology. It isn't just her pelvis has done it. Cause as we said, it might not have done. It's because why in my experience, why does a second time mother have this rapid onset, decisive, um, propulsive, let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. If you think of, you know, woman, point zero woman in her cave a thousand years, you know, she's now got, if you think of what allows us to give birth is safety and give birth easily, it's about safety, you know, deep, deep primal safety, which you don't feel when you know that there's a predator around, right? And that is still deeply within us. When we're giving birth, we have to feel safe in a way you can't describe. It's like, it's emotional primal safety. It's not that comes way above medical safety. If the mother doesn't feel entirely held and able to switch this off, you know, that she is literally, she has nothing to hold on to, nothing to be in charge of, right? She will release her baby. Well, then if you look at a second time mum, she's got a toddler probably. Um, and so what does nature insist on? That it's, there's a birth is quick because it wants her, she wants to get back to her two-year-old really or she wants to make sure the two-year-old's safe and if she was laboring for 15 hours biologically it's so unlikely that nature would let her be away from her two-year-old i mean if we were out in the wild and you know and we were all living in you know in, in, in the savannah plain or something you know what i mean and you had to let your two-year-old wander around while you had 15 hour labor being by a line wouldn't it not to mean so it's 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 working from that basis that the body wants to be efficient which is why the beauty of second birth is so amazing physiologically because there's so much first time mums can learn from it which is this is what we mean by the program is running the deep blueprint the template is phenomenally effective efficient and competent if you provide for it and so so i meant so you can look at this two ways i can remember um a woman who kept on and offing second time every night she'd have cramps she wasn't my I wasn't her doula but I heard about this um after and it was really getting agitating I think she had a whole week of it right and in the end um her very good doula probably I don't think I'd have done this actually but it was really she went instead of going don't worry don't worry she said what's wrong what's wrong just went well the thing is, I've got childcare between nine and eleven, and I've got childcare between two and ten. And she started talking about her childcare schedule, you know, for when this baby was going to be, how she'd get to hospital. And the doula said, "Put the phone down, sort it out. Somebody has to sort this out for you. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, your, is your mother near? Have you got a neighbour? You need, to, you know, you, you can make this better. If you if you have to have childcare, you're going to have to have a com- complete childcare or have a baby at home, you know." And she sorted it out. She said, quite literally, as she put the phone down and arranging for her mum to come up, bang. <laughs> she said she started feeling it already because that's how efficient and effective it is. Like, right, green light, do it. You know, yeah. it's a readiness, it's birth readiness. You know what I mean? And then to go to the biology of it, um, I mean, this is more standardly known. I'm sure lots of people know this, but effectively, why is it physiologically? So that's the emotions. Why does a mother release? And why does she need to, why does birth have to happen in that way second time? It's just, it's just safer. But also, then you do go back a bit back to the tried and tested is that muscle memory is in the mix. So the womb is um, the uterine fibers, muscle fibers are just obviously more responsive because they, 
they have they are used to that ripple if you like you know and a bit like if you think about what is what is room one what is the build-up the early labor in the first time mum it's the muscle fibers are trying to become coordinated they're trying to get in to work in concert so in that I know I always do this with you. I don't know why, but like the, the ripple of a blanket has to get that thing going, you know, so that it's on the money. Da -dum, da -da -dum, da -da -dum, like that, you know, it creates that, that rhythm. Right. And second time, this is why you were like as normal as the day down the deli. And my woman, well, actually we were listening to, I remember we were listening to something outside, like a party. And she was just like you, she was as normal as anything. It wasn't me misreading it is that she wasn't in labor. She, she, and what happened is when she made that, oh, what was that? Probably it was about five minutes. I mean, on my second birth, it said my second birth on my notes, it said that my labor was 30 minutes. And a lot of women, if they look at their notes, they'll see that. Because what do they mean by that? They mean the moment the womb, the moment the uterus becomes coordinated to emergence is usually one or two hours tops really and it's that moment so the muscle fibers literally start working in concert mm -hmm. and they do and they are not only are they then all on it and going for it the cervix is already in the second time mum a little bit open yeah. so she's already got a bit of a head start <laughs> that, that isn't even just it it's that is that she's got um well, there is there is a bit of the pelvis thing there's a bit of a cervix thing she's now got the efficiency and she's got that the thing you just said she's got no fear mm -hmm. so once a mother knows there's do you know what i really think it is is that second time mums don't realize there's no choice they just got to get on with it and they do it they do it with decision they do it and so when they have this clarity they go right i'm gonna do it now they go for it right whereas first time mums spend all this time and attention on hitting the birthing and i'm not saying hitting the birthing isn't a useful tool second time it is it helps relax as it clearly did you mm -hmm. in a sense a second, third, fourth time mum can do that mind wipe, like it just goes into gear. Everything's aligning mm -hmm. in one. Everything's just drawing up like that. And second time mums really just demonstrate beautifully what is happening, which is it's the dynamic forces of downwardness of contractions. Gravity's pulling the baby. The head is heavy and it just becomes a decisive as we said, concise sequence, an engineering sequence. Yeah. So dilation, you get to that point, and very, very in one swift, decisive move, second time as that happens, you know, the baby just slides through like a sleeve, and you get that, and you very quickly, that's now the baby in the, in the birth canal. Mm -hmm. Now that, to get to that point, so if I was to take that back to closed, you know, a first time mum would be, you know, a thick, hard, long mm -hmm. cervix, right? Mm -hmm. That takes a long time first time and rightly and gladly so to soften, thin, stretch. Second time, it's already looser, givier probably. Um, the mother's more relaxed, the contractions are more effective, like we said. So very quickly, once she goes into motion, once that gear shift happens, that in the way we said with this doozy, this yeah. this we probably need to explain what we meant by doozy um but, and, and then you get which is why pushing is not a big deal really second time either because as you know i feel about the word pushing it doesn't even mean anything what is actually happening is an elimination is a sense of you know fetal ejection whatever you want to call it you know you're just joining in with what is a heave a heave home you know that right second time the mother feels that in general you're going to have the odd exception which we can maybe discuss like you said we said earlier about the odd birth that doesn't go quite predictably but in general second time mums are much more readable in this way much more than first time and it tends to unfold once she has gone into room two once she has in that laboring state it is like a set piece it's like literally a register or you could say moving through the gears she moves through the gears in very highly predictable way which you've seen countless times i've seen countless times and interestingly and i wonder if we um should say this i think you feel the same i feel it's often missed in hospital mm -hmm. by standard routine care and you'll often get second time mums go to triage and they get a vaginal exam and they get told they're one or two centimeters well 
to my mind, that's really quite dangerous to have a number put on it for a second time mum. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be more, A, meaningless, too irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Because she might, it might be true that she might have a whole evening to go, a whole, sorry, a whole day to go or something, and that she's just beginning. But equally, is there such a thing as a dilation, as a reliable dilation measurement? Not really, because what are you measuring? You're measuring something that isn't a fixed point. It's a dynamic process. Gravity, movement, baby heaviness, contraction power, mother's emotions. We've said this in the other films. So the baby's opening the mother at a rate that is only the mother knows and the baby knows, right? Well, that is especially so for second time because a two centimetre mum will have a baby maybe 10 minutes later, potentially, she could do, because if she only has to do that, yeah. which is why we go back to, oh, well, hang on, are you telling us that second births are really quick? Because if they're really quick, I just need to get to hospital immediately. No, it doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. This is why it's tricky, because it's like if you could just not be in labour and if you then go in an uncomfortable, slightly unfamiliar space you could your body will not agree to it it could easily cash out but the mother just doesn't relax and give in to it um so it's tricky you don't want to get in there preemptively and say oh that's okay i'll just cover myself or get to where i need to go it you still have to really wait for that point where her body steps up a gear and then you have to pretty much accept that very 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 likely it's not always but very, very likely from that point of going into labour, she will, in my experience, feel something new nearly every contraction, if not maybe every other contraction. But pretty much what we as doulas would hear in a home birth particularly, you'll hear, you know, and then literally three minutes later, Ah, and then the three minutes later, ah, that is that what you used to hear? That's what I hear. Oh, yeah. And yet I don't think people hear that in hospital. You don't, or certainly in unsupport when women are left, or they don't feel. I think it can cash out as longer than it needs to be. You know, in the sense, in a physiologically unsupported setting, it can make it a bit drawn out. And I, I just think on that point about it is tricky because you could, like you're saying, you could go in and not be very far along in theory but then could be soon. So you don't want to go in early, but you don't want to go in too late. But there is this kind of fear around the baby just suddenly coming, isn't there? I think there's a lot of fear in that. And I've been, I, I know you have as well, we've been accidentally <laughs> at first, you know, where babies just come and we, we might be the only ones there with them. And I've experienced having a baby on my own. It's, it's not scary. And I, to mums and dads I support, I, I sort of say, well, if the baby's coming, baby's fine. Because usually, you know, everything's working beautifully. The baby's just coming. And I do wonder why that is more scary sometimes than going in and being observed and having people prod and poke you and having maybe internal examinations and things that you need to do in hospital and follow protocols and procedures. And I wonder why, you know, why is, why is just having your baby kind of swiftly at home or in the car sometimes is more scary than I'm not saying a hospital is scary. I think that I think it's probably useful to say something we said in the last film biggest upholders of safe maternity care and um but I suppose what you're saying and you'd be right is let's lay this out for a second time mum whose pregnancy has been deemed healthy and let's just understand what we mean by this a well-grown baby this is a really key point Mm-hmm. Um, now we're not talking about complicated pregnancies this is that's a separate no. story yeah. and, and, and let's just set that aside mm-hmm. we're not talking about you know high risk issues in a in, in a healthy pregnancy what we've got to understand what we mean we mean the baby's well grown what does that mean the well-grown phrase means equipped for labor right mm-hmm. then you look at the mother she will also have had very regular um appointments to confirm that she is also healthy so it's not a winging it situation. I mean, it's not ideal. And it is, you know, obviously women you know, naturally would need and want or maybe you know, want midwife care. But you've got to kind of get out of your head that the birth can't happen or won't happen unless there's an expert present. I mean, you know, 
it is obviously the better safer way in the round but it's not to make the opposite assumption which is it's super dangerous if there isn't you know proportionate risk is what we're talking here ideally it's better to have an experienced caregiver with you let's break down risks it's interesting how many people with a fast birth when apparently you know labor that's moving ahead fast will happily get into a car which if you think from a mammalian perspective it's instinctively that's it's quite counterintuitive and counterinstinctive to go out into the world when you can literally feel the baby coming Mm -hmm. i'm not sure there can be any mammal in the world that would take themselves out into an open Mm. vulnerable space they'd do the opposite they'd hide but actually because we're still culturally i was planning to have a baby in hospital I've got to get in the car. And that just to say to everybody, you know, if, if your baby was coming in that way that, you know, we're saying where it was quite decided, clearly you can feel the pressure growing. It would be more, there'd be more risk attached to getting in the car and having a baby on, in a car traveling without the partner to even be able to stop the car than just sitting safely and calling an ambulance and being in your own safe, warm, private space. You know, so that is, I think we get risk all muddled up in our society because for a healthy woman who's giving birth quickly, that's far less risk than being out in the cold, in the dark, in a car on the road. And that's much more risky. Yeah, and if we're looking at safety, like that kind of bigger force of feeling safe, then for your body to be doing it, you can trust it because you must feel within you somewhere deeply safe because your body's releasing. Absolutely. So, I mean, do you think maybe it's worthwhile saying that it leads us neatly on to choices around birth mm-hmm. for second time mothers? But so now it's in, it's interesting to me that we've still got a two and a half percent, probably bigger thanks to the coronavirus, that this home birth rate has gone up. But essentially, it was two and a half percent, which is interesting because that means it means an awful lot of women having second babies in this country, but clearly they don't change their mind about the setting. Mm. Uh, now that's really interesting on several counts firstly because it's actually uh you know science has proven evidence proves it is safer to have a baby second time at home safer can we say that again can you say the word as well you say it it's safer safer Safer. not just safe but safer how is that piece of information not in our culture i find it it came out in 2011 from as a result of the birthplace study. It was reconfirmed in 2017 by Hutton et al. In case anyone wants to see that even now, not only second time, but first time mothers, it is as safe for mother or baby to have a baby at home or in hospital or in a birth center. It is differences are so insignificant that it's sort of moot point wherever you have the baby. That's the main point. But what we're discussing here, the second time is no safer. So why do we mean by that? For the reasons, first of all, what we just said, because I, I suppose if you were to really start breaking it down, you've so got a vastly more chance. It's, it's so simple second time that to introduce variables that are unnecessary in what is going to be a swift and efficient process anyway, you're introducing greater chance of bleeding, you're introducing a greater chance of tearing intervention generally. And of course, let's now picture the mother who second time has gone in who's experiencing really thwacking great contractions and then she gets told she's one or two centimetres, which she often will be, right? Because the body's always on delay from what she's feeling. Mm. Now let's picture a fearful second mum who maybe had a difficult first birth. Oh, you're you're one or two centimetres, your age is off. Oh, forget that. Give me the epidural again, right? So you get the epidural again. Now it does cash out as long and complicated because of massively long, but the interventions begin the roller coaster. And I would be very interested myself to find, I mean, it must be vastly reduced the assisted delivery rate for second time, but it's still massive. You still have a lot of women having instrumental deliveries for a second time. Why? Because of epidural. Mm-hmm. And that's not to demonize epidural. It's an amazing thing. You know, we, you said that before. But is it, is it as necessary and as warranted as used if a mother was told, you know, I mean, some will be met with amazing midwives who say, oh, my God, you know, you're just there. Don't you worry. Fantastic. Yeah. But equally, I reckon that a lot of inexperience might tell that second mother, you're one centimetre, you've got ages, go home. But what's she feeling? Unbelievable 
intensity. Mm. Tell the story maybe of your eighth mum. I know that's eighth, not second. <laughs> no, seventh. Seventh. That, um, yeah. That's well, the case, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, seventh time mum, we were in hospital at the time and she had her, I think it was her first check actually, and she was one centimetre, but after the check, a bit like that switch we've been talking about, she was very, very normal every day before that check. After the check, sat on the edge of the bed, they just told her she was one. And they probably did use some language like just or only, which is unnecessary anyway, isn't it? Why don't we go, yes, you're one. Amazing. Like, why can't we celebrate one? Um, and then she just closed her eyes and said, the baby's coming soon. And she knew. And she absolutely knew with complete certainty that baby was coming. And, you know. You don't question a seventh time mum, although they did. Um, and her baby did come quite soon after. But we, you know, we had some difficulty because they wanted to move her from the room because they were like, you're only one. Um, and we, you know, we tried to fight it. And in the end, she just was like, it's fine, I'll go. But the baby's coming. I mean, she's saying that. And um, we went up to Antonia when she started to push. So what if she hadn't been that confident? That, what if she's a second-time mum who possibly had a traumatic first birth? And now she's not going to believe that, and she's going to agree with it and think, oh, no, are you kidding? It's so all over again. It's repeating yeah. itself. As doulas, I think we should probably say it's something that's really obvious about this discussion that we haven't mentioned, which is a doula work is very commonly we are employed by people second time, by people who've had very difficult first births. So when you're teaching them, birth preparing them you know you're getting you're having sessions and meetings one of the biggest problems is to try and convince them that it's going to be easier because they tend to think it's all about I've got to do it differently I've got to be braver I've got to make different choices I've got to and sort of an experienced doula we've almost got to do nothing I mean you just say don't worry you know it's just going to be simple it's that simple you could almost reduce the whole preparation to look you know just boil it down to the basics because you can pretty much guarantee that even if she's had a complicated um, first experience, the safety the doula provides, the doing it slightly different that she will now install, i.e. she'll probably know a few things about warmth, darkness and privacy, etc. Just with a few changes like that, you're talking, you know, I mean, I can't remember the last second birth I've been at that was longer than two hours, two, three hours. It Occasionally, as you said earlier, you get the occasional one that is a bit longer, which is why one mustn't say second birth is always quick and always easy. It isn't. By the way, it isn't easy. It's simple. So mm. something we should probably talk about is that some people experience, and I find that women who've had very simple first birth can sometimes find second births oddly harder because it doesn't amble its way normal 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 and then it, if they're especially if they're planning to go to hospital if it suddenly fires away and accelerates and they're trying to deal with all this stuff they, and they haven't got extra support they can feel a bit shocked by it so it's not that it's always easier which is why I do think home is an excellent choice where you just I say to me to people you know what your birth plan is go to the bedroom that's it go to the bedroom that's it or go to the smallest room in the house I can remember myself shutting the front door sort of holding on a bit my daughter left with my mum and I just felt this gear change right Mm -hmm. I went to my bedroom I leant on my bed like that Mm -hmm. I wagged my tail sort of like this for the and, and I remember thinking oh this is nothing yet I'm not even I can remember making noises and things first time so I must be hours to go Mm. and exactly like you said I can remember this hearing I mean literally hearing a strange noise Mm. didn't know it was me Mm. and I was like almost going like what's that (laughs) yeah looking around and I was like oh that it was like it was just literally i mean i hate it's not really nice to say the word possessed but it's like a a possession it's like i know i know my favorite word it's a seizure it seizes you it's like baby is so directing events Mm. and it becomes this very clear 
decisive, wonderful thing. And it's in my book, you know, in the Why Homebirth book, that one, is I can remember going on the top of the staircase and every contraction making a step down with the contraction. And I could feel with every single staircase, every stair and every contraction, more of her filling up, mm. dropped at the bottom, pulled at the bottom, got in and she shot out. Like that's how it went. Bomb, 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 bomb. That. And that and that was from that first oh yeah. It was like being it was like having a director directing events, you know, like a you know, so it, clearly, you know, I, I'm I'm please don't think everybody that we're saying everybody should have a home birth because we equally I have seen how home doesn't work for everybody, definitely. But if you what I do think is everybody should have access to a midwife should they need it. And I'm big fan of you book anyway mm. and you just plan for it. And then if it doesn't unfold, you go to hospital, you know, it's no big deal. Like we always say, but I think to know you've got that safety to me, it's really a bit of a risk to have partners and yourself manage this sudden acceleration, potentially car journey, triage, mm new labour, whatever, new midwife, all in the space of what is going to be effectively a very little space of time. That's a lot for the body to digest yeah. when it's trying to release. So just, and also the other thing I would say to people, I had a very, very frightened woman. Uh, she doesn't mind me saying that because I love her. She, she comes to me, she says, I am terrified at this. She, she's, she's really frightened of birth. And she had a really easy first birth. And she's still second time. She says, it hasn't gone. And I was teasing her. I said, I don't believe you. And she said, no, seriously, I don't know where it comes from. She just feels, because I always, my whole life think the sky's going to fall in. So fun. So I said, no, she said, no way, no way will you ever get me having a home birth. I said, fine. I said, but you had a very quick first birth. That you sure? Yeah, absolutely sure. I said, right, let's make that plan. So we made the plan. I said, you're going to have to go in early then. I do did think she'd have to go in early because she really, she had an hour and a half. I mean, it was so ridiculously quick at first birth. She said, look, that's what I'm going to do. And then before I ended that session, I said, okay, but on one condition, if your waters break, I know you don't like me to say this, but if your waters break and you're having contractions, for safety of you and your baby, you are going to need to stay put and call an ambulance because you literally, I'm, I, you're not going to make it. If you had an hour and a half birth first, and I knew for her to be stuck on, a busy main road she would it would have freaked her out totally right mm -hmm. and we were it was at christmas and i was went to see a play with um our doula partner michelle mm -hmm. and we were sitting in half time in the interval of the theater interval right she texted me she said i've just come back from the park and i feel a bit crampy start of interval getting the ice creams right baby's born by the end of the interval wow her waters broke. She remembered my words. Baby came. They called Naomi. And she was laughing. She, I mean, okay, it was a very strange swiftness. I mean, I, I, it's very rare you see someone give birth that quickly. Yeah. And it's something to remember. And I don't say this to frighten people because she actually finally did conquer some fears through that, I think. Mm -hmm. And like we've said, please do not be frightened. We're saying, all oh, second births are quick. They're not. But there are some things. Here's what I'm urging. Emerging common sense, right? stop acting in let's stop responding in what the culture directs us to and think with our bodies and with our common sense mummy instinct mm -hmm. we have to accept that second births are efficient mostly we have to accept that we have very good antenatal care in this country that tells us if our baby's equipped so relax we have amazing midwives that we can book with to come to our home right we also have to accept that in the middle if a mother is already contracting her waters break I mean, I know a midwife friend told, told me that at midwife school, they're told, don't turn your back to put gloves on. If, where the waters go, if you turn back, and you don't, it used to be a standard trope joke thing, that if you put your, the baby could be there by the time you put your gloves on, right? So that's what we're talking. So, and yet it's amazing how our culture is just blind to this, yeah, it won't happen to me. But what, why, we, we would operate in a rational, appropriate, proportionate way for everything else. So why do we just go, no, 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 hospital for me right now sometimes and let's reaffirm this for some women they just 
a bit like Lauren actually just it is absolutely the only place to be and I'm not saying you should you know home uh, hospital your body would actually probably hold back until you got to hospital so it, it, it is the case some people just do feel safe in hospital so if that is really urgently present in you stick to that and, and do that but all I'm meaning is for the vast majority who are a bit booming and ahhing about it and now let's go through maybe the things you said at the beginning Jenna we were talking about some of the issues around second time are really you know things we could clear up like oh I can't have a baby at home because what about my toddler or what were we saying there were some other issues weren't there like, yeah there's oh, often a concern isn't there that if you're home what if the older child wakes up um, and kind of interrupts things and I, I do find with second time mums where the older child is going to be is a massive deal and mums might worry about that more than the birth sometimes if you know childcare is not straightforward if they haven't got lots of people around you know that is a huge thing so I would say to anyone listening who is a second time mum maybe you know try and lock in some really supportive childcare early on so that is just taken out the equation but I also find thinking a couple of births spring to mind in my head actually quite a few second time births Again, it comes down to safety. Often, it's either like you said, when you shut the door, so like the, uh, the child's gone off to nursery for the day and you've been bubbling all night, the child's off to nursery, boom, everything goes. Or is the older child goes to sleep and again, they've been bubbling all day and it happens all through the night and the bit, you know, your older child wakes up with a new sibling and it's gorgeous and wonderful. And, you know, if you're obviously home, um, so I think, again, in that, it, your body will take care of it for you. Even if you don't, you know, and your childcare isn't as supportive as you'd like it, your body will not release until it is happy. So it will wait, usually, for when that child has gone off somewhere else. Um, but also, sometimes children are involved. <laughs> One birth is spring to mind, and, you know, the child woke up. And they came in, you know, they came and joined in the fun. And it was really, really fine. And some people choose to have their children there. And again, that's something to consider. But I think it's, again, we do, we do lots of planning and we think through things. And I think all of that is super important because also someone who struggles with anxiety, I know how anxious people think and you do need the answers. You need the answers to take away the fear. That's just what you need. It's no good just saying it'll be fine. That doesn't work for an anxious mind. So I do understand you need to go through that process and you need to figure out the answers. But when you've done as much as you can, then it's time to say, I've done as much as I can and it will be how it is, you know, and trust that kind of bigger force of birth and, you know, what you're going to learn through your birth. Um, but I did, I just wanted to come back, I know I'm going backwards, but I really wanted to come back to your point about, you know, having the option to plan for a home birth as a second time mum. Something I always talk about often in my antenatals is, for, with second time mums, I, I often ask the question, you know, kind of, how would you feel if you did get caught unawares? Like how, you know, if you are planning hospital, how's it going to feel if there isn't time to get to hospital? But, you, you know, your mind hasn't taken those steps to plan for it. And, they all, and there's always a discussion and they'll say, oh, that feels quite scary. And, you know, that would be unexpected. And, you know, we might not know what to do. So I always say, well, is it better then to book the home birth? Because all you're saying is, I want all my options. Because you still get to change your mind. You still get to choose. Is it better to have that one-on-one -on -one care? book the home birth, get into the mindset of potentially being home. So then, yes, of course, you can just go off to hospital. But if you are home, you have a backup plan because you've got the preparation for it. Whereas I think it's far scarier, it's far scarier to just accidentally have a baby at home than completely plan for it with the intention even of going to hospital. But also, Jenna, it's less safe. So what the birth study did show, that was about planned home birth. So, you know, it's actually, you know, as much as we're saying, yeah, it's not, the, it's not a massive drama. At the same time, it's not ideal. It's much better to have a midwife that you can call. But you know, the other thing is amazing about having what you need in place. Mm. It then allows you to listen more 
uh, attunedly, you know, more sensitively to the body's instructions. Because if you're second guessing yourself, when do we go in? When do we go in? What's going on? When's the right moment? It's back to the problems we've always talked about, the counting of contractions and the sort of measuring. That's all here. That's that yeah. neocortex. But one of the things I learned, started teaching people second time was, was how to cope um, second time is, the, is, is you, by using, or for word using, their child. Because instead of thinking, oh, I've got to pat them off and get it arranged and create my zone. I mean, the very last thing you want to do is squander that very easy part of second birth where you're just bubbling as you beautifully put it. Why, when you're just bubbling along, would you start putting fairy lights and all the sort of hitting the birth? You don't need to do all that. Much more oxytocin filled is watching the telly or reading stories to your child. If it's tea time, it's tea time. You know, they're a beautiful distraction. And it's honestly why they're living. What I love about second time birth is it literally shows you, you know, it shows you the nuts and bolts that I wish we could more easily show first time moms, which is that when you literally wait for your body to take you, it becomes really clear. Well, if you're second time, that's much more apparent because you, most mothers, if they're not too worried, will happily carry on doing beans on toast and lean on the kitchen side. They'll happily keep reading a nursery rhyme until they can't, right? So I would say, do that. Use it. Use it as your first room, second room guide because the moment you can no longer read Three Little Pigs is the moment you need to retreat for this baby. And, you know, I mean, I remember there's um, a mother called Ailey who's in my book and I remember popping around early evening and she was feeling something and it was bedtime. It was the usual kerfuffle time, you know, that sort of witching hour. She was sort of, oh, I'm just getting the tea. I don't think there's anything happening. And I said, fine, fine, because I live near her. I said, I'll see you later. And she got on with bath time and bedtime. And then um, she got in the bath and I don't know, well, because she was having a home birth. She didn't wait to the child. Her body, sorry, her body didn't wait. Mm. She was in the bath doing the pouring and chatting with her daughter mm. and then felt that shift. And just kind of almost robotically, she told me, just sort of got up, called her husband to take over with her two-year-old, steamed into her bedroom and just flung herself on her bed naked and gave birth an hour and a half later. You know, it was like that. Her body gave her, you are now in labor. You can't deal with the two-year-old, you know? So to go back to the, oh, what will I do? Your body's sort of almost, your child is a fantastic litmus test of, of that big gear shift. It's like, I need someone to look after now because I need to concentrate and when you've got the home birth plan oh sorry I hate the home birth the, the midwife coming to you plan mm. you get to respond to those cues mm. in a much more organic way than second guessing and forward telling and precautionary measures where you go right let's get the car let's get the care let's get the duh, phone the triage duh. that's a lot of stuff rather than I'll just completely ignore it and do the day as normal with my toddler I remember one woman once she did a dolly washing line with her daughter and they washed all the dolly clothes all day and pegged, 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 pegged the dolly washing. Oh. And I said, oh, she said, oh no, it, it's nowhere near. She said, I'm just fine. And we're in the garden, it's heaven, sun shining, dolly washing. Oh. And then when she went, hour at home, you know, because it's exact, it was about eight o'clock again in the evening and dad, dad took over looking after, mother-in-law took the child and she just gave birth she had saved herself so much energy so much angst so much apprehension so much self-watching mm -hmm. so what i love about second birth is it teaches everybody mm -hmm. teach, teach first time mums like how to ignore what isn't asking anything of you yeah. then pretend ignore what's not asking and then when it gives you that cue it literally is that flip now you give it all your focus now your body will, and, it, and, the, and the focus isn't just you have to concentrate, but it's, it's like decisive body and breath lead and you follow. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like, a, it's like watching an orchestrated, it is. It's, so, it's so efficient, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I think with the, with the children around, they offer that beautiful distraction, which just takes out all the fuss, you know, all the fuss you could create without that distraction. But also, they're a beautiful reminder, like thinking on a bigger level, that you're already a mother and you mm. don't have to take that massive step that you do first time, you know, into motherhood. You've done that 
almighty shift. <laughs> you know, you've already been doing it a couple of years, a few years, whatever. And I do think that plays a part as well. Oh, massive, massive. The emotional journey that you don't have that, you know, you know what you're doing enough anyway. Well, that's <laughs> much as we all do, you know. It's you, interesting you should say that because I was, we haven't finished off on that, but I was going to say earlier when I mentioned that even women who haven't labored before, um, they funnily enough, they get told on their first VBAC appointment, they often get told, well, you're the equivalent of a first time mum. And that's just not true, including including people who've literally never had a contraction. And then people say, well, how can it be? I've never labored. And it's because of what you just said. It's because you are still a mother and you've already passed the threshold break, the thresholdy feeling, and then the break that is on first time labors where you're basically edging your way on this quest. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, it's not that you're consciously anxious, but nature is generous and kind and it's kind of easing you into this mm. you're not going to be a mom you're never going to be the same again life is going to be different forever all those things that you don't even know are going on mm. second time you haven't got them they're completely free you've done it you've you, so all you have to do is dive in mm. and and that's why i remember this mother who'd had a planned breach cesarean first time and she said but surely my labor's got to be as like a first time mom i've never done it i've never even had a contraction it was bar a couple of hours extra to a second time I've had a baby labor and it was still very short four or five hours very efficient because she's thinking of it it's all the things we've said it's the toddler is back home she wants she wants life she wants to get back to a toddler she wants to consider her body wants efficiency right but the main thing like you said is emotionally she's ready yeah. and and if birth really is an agreement slash release it's like okay let's do it then second time mums represent that on so many levels yeah let's do it yeah um, almost i haven't got time for this can we get on with it <laughs> exactly and that's so something to celebrate isn't it and i don't feel, and i find frustratingly it's freeing system maternity care not from anyone's fault it's just typical institutional flow it always fascinates me when I listen to appointments, like if I'm in, in hospital and I can hear how second time, third time mum to talk to, it's almost as if it's all the same. And, it, and it, nobody, really, it might occasionally someone say, oh, it'll be a, might be a bit swifter this time. I mean, really first appointments, that discussion should be happening. So, oh, it's your second birth. You need to think about opting in for hospital this time because the, all the evidence shows that you, um, it's much safer for you to have a baby at home and you probably will feel that way too. Then if a mother says no, out of the question, totally fine, they can respond accordingly and the midwife will say, of course you can come to hospital, of course. Mm -hmm. But they should surely be giving them the confidence because it's that different. Yeah. It's that um, simple a deal in a sense. And I mean, you know, again, we're talking about uncomplicated pregnancies, but it's just a marvel to me that it's always everything's just lumped in and left to oh well it's a bit of a lottery and the thing i find amazing i went to a birth recently with a second time mum and the midwives came in and they were very lovely quite in you know they're quite new and i don't think they'd seen probably many this this woman had had first easy birth as well she was deep in her space deep in her place you know right in and very calm, very much letting her body birth the baby, not her, herself birth the baby. And so they started trying to deliver the baby, which is also bizarre. You know, can you imagine the second time it just, you know. And they could feel that they, they had to just step back. Okay, so they stepped back. And she was just doing it. And the baby came out, you know, it's just a glidey slide. Mm -hmm. And the midwife said, oh, you didn't need us. And the mother was, because she'd never had, she was like, what do you mean? <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. She's like, what do you mean? What do you, why did you think that I'd need you? Like, I mean, you need a midwife to be on hand. Yeah, yeah. But they meant, they meant, because that was their experience, that I'm here to deliver your baby. Mm. Well, second time mums, it's just, you know, especially in home, they would just, the baby just comes out, doesn't it? Just falls out, effectively. And um, I mean, occasionally you might have to give it a bit more welly if it's slightly tricky position, but so, so soft and so powerful is everything. The contractions are powerful. The body's soft. 
But even a baby in a tricky position, it's why you don't even have to worry about back-to-back babies second time because they just swivel. They just swivel. They, a baby that's like that adjusts. It, it just all does it. And more chance of it doing it. In yeah. well, the same reason that induction second time, you never need a drip, very rarely, because even just, just the very first stage of induction will realign a baby and get it coming because it doesn't need much. And it's the same. But it was a shame to me. I mean, okay, it was a little bit to do with inexperience, but it wasn't just that because I've seen lots of, you know, not so experienced young midwives be completely understand that. It was to do with a, a system-led assumption and bias of that birth is pretty random that it was like nobody was doing the doing the arithmetic and going well, hang on every time i've seen a second birth it just why not just apply reasons like clearly we're gonna it, certainly when i was having a baby midwife sat on the landing mm-hmm. second time and you might have a little peep and you'd say that's it well done and it was you'd sort of gently keep an eye that was it mm-hmm. And I worry that it's become now this still is is like, oh, well, you can't know. Well, no, you can know. You can know a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've covered a lot of what you can know in in today's session. So maybe we leave it there for today. Thank you, Natalie, for all your wisdom. And yours. Yeah, both of us together. Thank you. (laughs) We'll see you again. Bye.